Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is Ivan Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel, I want to tell you something right now. Talk to me. I'll beat up everyone you know. I'll beat up okay. all the niggas off The Bachelor. I'll beat up everybody in your family. I'll beat up everyone. I'll beat up everyone you know. Everyone. Let me call my dad today. right now. No, no. I just chase my mind. About my hubris has reached too far. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, why are you? Well, why are you coming in here, big body, and into the podcast? That's why? Exactly. Cause I'm I'm getting so good as a boxer. I'm getting composed. I'm landing counter shots. I will be posting video yes uh, later on today of me sparring. And the sparring kind of got out of hand. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it got out of hand because I'm part? in there. Huh? What? On your part? On your part, it got out of hand? Well, no. So he, this is what happens in boxing sometimes. So a friend says, hey, I want to come up and spar. This guy I've known for a long time, great guy. Like an outstanding person. Like great athlete. Comes up to me and he says, you know, he wants to spar. So we uh, we go and we spar. If you tell me you want to spar, you want to move around, I don't think we're really throwing, throwing. But in the first round, he starts throwing, throwing. Actually, he catches me. And I'm like, whoa. You know what I mean? So I had to methodically do the big body shit, you know, and land power shots to the head and body for the rest of the time. Power shots. I actually kind of made him quit in the fourth round. He was also tired. But those shots, those shots to the body, bang, bang. I'm going to post a video. Sparring. This is full out nah, boxing. It, 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 it turned into a little bit of a... Yeah, and by the end of the third round, let me show you. Hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll play the audio. By the end of the by the end of the fourth round, I was kind of feeling myself a little bit. You know, I was like, like, like I was talking to him a little. And hold on, hold on. I'll play the video. <laughs> <gasps> was that you? Oh, yeah. Watch this. Watch this. We started talking to him a little bit. Hold on. Next time, give the sound to Donnie because yeah, we couldn't quite tell what was happening. Thank you, Donnie. We couldn't quite tell what was happening. It sounds to me Take- like you got your ass whooped. Never. <laughs> Just kidding. Congratulations, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh- I've gotten my ass whooped before, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, I remember. That's why I posted. I posted. <laughs> I posted because I because look, here's the thing. I post when I do well. All right. I post when I, but I also post when niggas tend to me. Because that's what you never see on Boxer's Instagrams. You never see. I posted one time when I got my mouthpiece knocked out. I posted with the guy who cussed me. You know what I mean? But this was heavyweight sparring. I'm in there. I just love. I love fucking combat. I love conflict. I am black. I am the black penta. I love competition, Rach. Rach, you remember when you were playing basketball back in the day? I love competition too. I do. I do. You, you kind of make me want to get in the ring. Now I get know I don't ring. have Hannah any B. upper body. I don't have any upper body strength. I'm scrappy. Okay? You're very scrappy. I'm scrappy. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did you see this? Did you see this meme? Did you see this? Next question. Did you see this meme that's going around with you and Snoop Dogg? Did you see this meme? Wait, I feel like I saw something, but I didn't. Oh, wait, where they say he's staring at my forehead? Yeah, did you see that meme? Yeah, I saw it. Somebody sent well, it to me. They said they they. Let me tell you, all of your friends, who your fucking friends on the Reddit, put the meme up there. Oh, it's in the Reddit. So that's not where I saw it. Somebody, maybe somebody from Reddit sent it to me, or they right. tagged me in it. Here's my thing. I I post I posted a video on TikTok of me interviewing Baby King. Okay, and I'm asking him if he's going to be on the Kendrick Lamar album. This is the Grammys. It did really well. A lot of views. A lot of comments. <laughs> Do you know what all the comments were? What? Talking about my head and, and baby King's head. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all the comments. Just like, whoa, whoa, she can see into the future. Whoa, they got a lot on their mind. And I'm like, you know what? You gonna come with a head joke. You got to be real original. Give me I've one that would be it. good. I've been hearing it my whole life. I told you the one where he was put, put, uh, his hand on my head and saying, I got the whole world in my yeah, hands. Good. I ain't never heard anybody else say that one. But like the head jokes, come on. The, you know what's crazy? Is for you, it's the front of your head. For me, it's the back of my head. Have you ever noticed the back of my head? Is When I lose weight again, turn around. Notice, notice how the back of my head pops out like the predator. Like, and then I got it, but now you can't really see because my really? head is it's fat. Really, it's kind of flat. It's no, a flat head. It's not. It's flat now because there's fat at the bottom, and I got those rolls like fucking Michael Clark Duncan, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Like I got those rolls in the back of my shit, but when it's when it's in there, it pops back out like predator, and it's like it, and it, it, barbers used to nick me right back here because there's a dent, a oh. dent in my head. See, that's what happens to me in that in that Snoop Dogg me. Because I had yeah. extensions in. So the back of the head was big. The front of the head was big. Right. So it was like, you know, like a melon was sitting on top of my head. That's what it looked like. It looked, I got a big head. You know, it's, come original. And Snoop Dogg wasn't looking at my head. He was actually hyping me up in that interview. He was. He loves Snoop. Um, uh, when did the Reddit put that in there? <laughs> oh, hold on for a second. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to shout somebody out. Donaldo Prescott. The manager, the front manager at the Dream Hotel New York. I want to say something. The Dream Hotel Midtown in New York. My man, Donaldo. The best service ever. Five stars. Dream Midtown Hotel. Amazing. They had great chocolate covered almonds as well. Shout out to my man, Donaldo Prescott. He saw me. He's a big time thought warrior. He's the manager of uh, of the uh, the the front of the Dream Hotel right there. He saw me. He was legitimately happy to see me. You know, it's kind of how good. I am when I look in the mirror. I go, Jesus Christ, look, you're there, you handsome fucking <laughs> fat boy. Um, how was your weekend, Rach? My weekend was good. We went to Sarasota, Florida. I've never been to that part of Florida before. We went to my nephew by marriage, his wedding. Um, it would never happen for me. Never happen. Oh, you wouldn't go? Nephew by marriage, not happening. Anything, so, by mar- anything by marriage, stay on the outside of the family circle of trust. Not doing no, it. No, 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 no. I'm going to support. Because it also gave us an opportunity. Because now we live across the country from Brian's family. So we got to see Brian's parents, brothers, sister, nieces, nephews. It was a really fun event. Plus, it was it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful area. Um, Wait, so these were nephews by by marriage on Brian's side? 
So I'm Brian's side of the family. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never. Hell. So man. it's, they're Brian's nephews. Um, but it was, it was not like, it was, I'm all about family. So it was a good time to see his family. We haven't seen his parents since Christmas. So, um, How yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen his older brother or his sister really since the wedding. Let so me try to guess Brian's older brothers and sisters names. Okay. What do they start with? J and D. D is the girl. J is the boy. Jason? No. Justin? No. One more try. Jack? Nah. You're so close. The girl's name is Diana? No. Demetria? No. Demetria. Duquan? It just gets worse. Jeff and Debbie were Deborah. Jeffrey, Deborah. You were close. Shout out to to Brian's parents who went through the American handbook. Brian, Jeff, and Debbie. Jesus Christ. Like, God. And Mark. Mark. Mark's And Mark. Fuck. Fuck. Wait. Hold on. Are these names short for like really like exotic Colombian names though? Well, so. These are Brian's half brothers and sisters. Oh, I so see. So their mom, their mom's Austrian. So Brian is is uh, full Colombian, and they um, are Austrian and Colombian. What kind of name is an Austrian name? Do you know this information? No, but the first name that came to mind was more of a German name, like an Astrid. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is Austrian. So Arnold. I'm not sure about that. Arnold. I no, I, I think he is actually. I think he's Austrian. Um, he is. Thank you, Donnie. Donnie, thank you for chiming into the podcast. Donnie B. Donnie, I know what you're doing, by the way. I've seen What's this movie Donnie before. Doing? Donnie is he's he's seeding. He's he's getting into the pod, and then eventually he takes over, like on Con Air. Don't don't reference movies. You've never seen it, but well, I, big, I I know the big song. Yeah. The big song. What big song? How do I live? Isn't that from there? How do I live without you? I don't actually know. Maybe it okay. is. Okay, that's with Nicolas Cage, right? Let me ask you this yeah. question. Hypothetical. You're the only black at a wedding. Black. Yes. <laughs> You're the only black at a wedding. <laughs> uh-huh. They start playing black music. Negroes. Negro stuff. The electric slide song comes on. By the way, we never play that. Right. But the actual song. Nobody knows how to do it. Do mm-hmm. you get up and teach it to them? I would sooner run into the middle of a car wreck. Because that's how chaotic it's going to be out there. Like, you ever seen the 405 after two unfortunate people have been and see all the chaos, like people pointing at each other? That's how it's going to be out there. It's not going to be me. Now, if they have some lady that, you know, dates black people and she wants to come out, she wants to start it. I learned this when I was in Richmond, Virginia. I might join in. You know what I mean? Hey, whatever. But no, I'm not. I can't do that. I, I'm past that point in my life. Yeah, I got caught there. You so did. I was on the dance floor. They wow. played the electric slide. They play yeah. the electric slide. I'm on the dance floor. And everybody starts looking at me. We don't know how to do it. This is not a great. This is unfortunate, Rachel. This is not a good thing that's happening. This is borderline fucked. Rachel, what was just I supposed to do? do? Like, I look, oh, we don't know. And I just am like, 
Do I walk away? Do I go to the bathroom? Gave him a cut, I grabbed, I grabbed a hand. I showed him how. See, this is the trauma that people don't talk about. <laughs> like, if I hadn't been on the dance floor, I never would have, I never would have done it. I, I was there, I was yeah. caught. But you had a wedding. You had a wedding, you know. Does Brian know, know how to do the electric song? Awkward. Yes. Well, okay. no. Does he know it? Yes. Can I be honest with you? I don't really do it that well. I don't. But haven't you bragged about your dancing skills before on this? Yeah, podcast? but see, not uh, it's not it's not about with me. It's about it's about freestyle, not agraphy. You know what I'm saying? You can freestyle your electric slide. Like that's what we do. We change it so, up. E- even when I'm boxing, and I don't know what this is about. And maybe somebody out there who knows about uh, brains will tell. Will, will talk about this. Even when I'm boxing, like remembering connecting like i'm instinctual so when i'm in the ring i'm free flowing and i see something counter bang i'm instinctual but like if i have to if you say van give me a two three to one van give me a one two then a three van give me all of those combinations i can't really remember those like that like it's it's like if you say hey do this do that do this do that i can't but when you get me in there i can put it all together it's weird Mm. you sound rebellious maybe so one of our one of our thought words said that I have uh, ADHD. She said she's a very interesting person to talk to. We go back and forth on uh, all on the, the time. <laughs> and she um, she said that uh, she she has ADHD, ADHD, and she says she sees it jumps out sometimes that I might have it. You agree with her? Why are you shaking your head? Well, I was gonna say because like it's hard for you. so I can sit here and just talk to you uh-huh. and not look away. Uh-huh. And have the whole conversation. Yeah. You can't. What does that mean? You <laughs> like this. See, like, because people people think that you're being rude. So people think that right. you don't listen to me. I don't right. I know you're listening to me because you're right. not engaged in like focused in. It's right. you're like it would be pretty difficult to do a podcast not listening to what the other person is saying. I, I'm just saying I know you're listening to me. Yeah. But it but it doesn't come across that on a on a Zoom. Listen, well, I'm in San Diego right now for the Top Gun premiere. Are you a big Top Gun fan? It was cool, you know, Top Gun. I shout out to Jay Ellis. You didn't like you watch you watched the movie? No, 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 no. Jay, I had him on a red carpet. I asked him who his favorite bachelorette was, and he didn't name me. We got beef. Jay Ellis said was, that. He didn't even know Damn, I was a bachelorette. Jay. Jay. Jay's, and then a, goes, Jay's like the nicest guy. Tell in the Van city. I said hi. Then he goes, tell me Come on, Jay. Yeah. Jay's super nice. Jay, Jay, like Jay is one of those guys that you meet Jay, and five minutes after you meet Jay, you like, damn, I hope things good things happen for you. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jay, Jay's a nice guy. He got his head on shoulders. He's not with the L.A. bullshit. Um, but no, it's tough, man. You know, it, it's tough that you're going to the Top Gun premiere, and it's like one of the most sought after premieres in all of movies because they're doing it on that they're doing it on that aircraft carrier they, they are they're doing yep. it on the aircraft carrier so i have to see the movie tonight uh-huh. junk it tomorrow actual premiere because tom's gonna be at the premiere i have a screening in the night too what are you saying dr strange and the multiverse of madness it's a marvel movie i'm so excited Rachel. it's gonna happen i'm gonna see it tonight can't wait. The week is coming. All the Midnight Boys, pew fucking pew. We're going to see the movie. Before we move on to the big deal of the day, 
I'm pissed and I want to get your opinion about something. Forget about boxing. Forget about all the small talk. I'm glad you guys have fun in Florida. Um, So I have to go to New Orleans to shoot hip-hop homicides, right? So I'm flying out tomorrow. Go to New Orleans. Got to be there for a while, okay? Galik um, is going to come down for a little while. We're going to all go around, have fun, doing different things. Um, So we have to find some place to leave the Wozer. Wozerly rabbit, half rabbit, half dog. Wozer. Bozerly, Wozerly, whatever you want to call him. Um, and we saw this person who was uh, perfect to watch the dog. He has a little patch of grass. He's on the Rover app. Little patch oh, okay. of grass mm-hmm. in his place. You know, he lives, he's got all these happy dogs that he's watched before. And so I this morning I go to box and Kalika goes, brings the guy. And brings the dog to the guy because the guy wants to do a meet and greet with the dog. Which is great. That's what you him. want. After he meets and greets with Bozeman, he says, I'll let you know by the end of the day mm. whether or not. See that face you just made? Mm-hmm. That's the face that I made. Mm-hmm. We, right I call Kalik. I'm like, how did it go with the meet and greet? She goes, the guy says he'll let us know at the end of the day. Let us know what, nigga? You trying to tell me that you have been around my beautiful boy and you're not sure if you want to spend a couple of days with the cuddly most, cuddliest, most loving dog. And I said, you know what? Fuck him. I'm not sending my fucking beautiful soulmate pup to fucking be auditioning for this motherfucker. First of all, <laughs> weird. I'm highly upset. Like super pissed. Like I almost wanted to have a Karen moment and go on the app and be like, yo, I don't feel like niggas should be like, what are you trying to tell me about my dog? My dog is the most loving, the most affectionate, the most beautiful dog. And this motherfucker, like you trying to, you trying to stun on me, nigga? Your concerns are valid. Question. Why don't you, Copper goes to a great place. What's it called? Out, out where we live. I'd be more than happy to recommend you. Unless you want, you don't want him to be with other dogs. Well, he's not neutered. Uh, when are we going to so, make that happen? I don't know if we are. Now nah, we have to neuter him. We, we have to neuter We just It's like a it's a whole thing to where we have to be able to neuter bows and then look after bows. Yeah, and no, I'm leaving and she's leaving. So this summer we're going we're gonna to get him neutered. I, I, well, let me know. I'll tell you about this place. It's great. Outdoor, indoor, pool, all this pool. stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch ass nigga. Only the best for copper. So Anyway. Um, before we leave, it is Teacher Appreciation Week. You have a favorite teacher from when you were growing up? I do, and I'm so glad that you're acknowledging this. I'm mad that I didn't get to bring this to the forefront first, but yes, Teacher Appreciation Week. My favorite teacher was a woman named Mrs. Hewlett. She did AP Government, AP History, um, First Baptist Academy, and uh, I loved her. She's uh, everybody I felt like taught the same at First Baptist. My entire life. And then Miss Hewlett comes in from Australia. Not that this has any bearing on my the life that I live now, but she was in an interracial relationship. Oh, and I more so say that I more so say that because you didn't see that at First Baptist. There were times at First Baptist where people, which we'll get into in the podcast, weaponized scripture against me and told and not me, but would say that uh light and dark weren't supposed to mix. I think we talked about that on the podcast before. So to see a teacher who was like, forget all that. That was her whole being. She was like living outside of the box, 
taught things the way that they were supposed to be taught, encouraged you to be creative, encouraged you to think outside of it's the biblical way that we were taught. And she opened my eyes to a, a, a totally different thing that I had never been taught from K all the way to 10th grade, 10th, 11th grade. She was uh, white? She was around. She's white. Her husband, was, her husband was black? Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine, I don't know if I've ever told you this, was Australia, says that there's a whole section of women in Australia that are called BDLs. Did I ever tell you this? No. Is there truth thing, to this? This was a, a friend of mine who was from Australia said that there are women in Australia. Because I was like, I was looking, Tiger would go to Australia and just fucking people would go nuts. Right? They would go nuts and everybody would go down there. And like one of my homies would say, I was like, yo, what's going on with the Australia and the and the like the rap guys and the basketball players? She goes, oh, those are those are BDLs. And I'm like, what is that? Black dick lovers. So they call them in Australia. It's true. Well, Miss Hewitt. Hewitt. I mean, she was. They were married, so clearly she was. Miss Hewitt. (laughs) Spade tattoo on her butt. Um, very few, very low percentage of our listeners will get that reference, but (laughs) who is uh, who's your favorite teacher? Uh, my favorite teacher of all time I would say was a guy named Mr. Gebauer Mr. Gebauer taught AP World History and he would have movie time during lunch and uh, we'll go in there and he Monty Python search for a holy grail and he taught things in a very interesting way he had done uh, two tours in Vietnam so when he would t- teach us about Vietnam he would mix when he would teach us geopolitics, he would mix real world observations from the ground up to Interesting. with actual history and um, theory on world politics. So uh, it was just a different way to look at it because obviously he had some things to say about Vietnam that were in lockstep with the public perception of it, but he also had some things to say about it that weren't that same way. So uh, it was interesting learning from him. He has now gone on, I think. Um, but he was a great teacher. I had a lot of great teachers. I was teachers loved me, but they were they got big time frustrated with me as well. Um, big time frustrated, but they loved me. But they Sounds also right. sent me sent me out a lot. All right, so <laughs> shout out to all the teachers out there. Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll be talking a little bit more about why you guys are fucking about to go extinct a little later on. All right, uh, let's get to the big deal of the day. Okay, this big deal of the day is sort of non-traditional normally when we talk about the big deal of the day we talk about a world issue or something that really impacts you guys' daily lives this right here more than anything is like some internet mess but i do think it brings up the opportunity to have a discussion that might be very very valuable for our thought wars okay um joe button is the host of the joe button podcast (laughs) rachel makes a face uh, very popular podcast, music podcast, formerly on this uh, the Spotify, uh, Spotify, Spotify podcast network. But now Joe is doing his own thing, has his own company, has does his own uh, podcast thing. Um, still very much uh, something that people listen to in the culture. And he had some interesting thoughts on not necessarily just the Tory and Meg situation, but about this episode is brought to you by Thomas's. 
Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendour. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Victims and accusers, excuse me, victims and aggressors, victims and the people that they've been victimized by. And it went viral. Now, a couple of the reasons why it went viral we'll talk about later on. But first, I think it's incumbent upon us to play the sound of what Joe said and then talk about the framework of that uh, as it as it exists right now in the society that we live in and the one that we're trying to build. So go ahead and play it. There is a such thing as victim bullying. Example of what I'm saying. Uh, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. He's in a whole new relationship. He's married. Mm-hmm. He's he's whatever he is. He's happy. Mm-hmm. They happy. She's happy. Um, for years, any chance, any time his name came up, she popped up. It had nothing to do with her, but she popped up and said, "Hey, he did this." It didn't matter the uh, rehabilitation he'd done. Uh-huh. It didn't matter mm-hmm. the, the changes that he's made, the apologies, both public and private. Yo, dog, for the next seven, eight, nine, ten years, every time I do something positive, you're going to pop up with this victim story. And you are the victim. So I don't take that away. But that's bullying. <laughs> that happens. That's bullying. Unfortunately. Okay. Um, Rachel? Uh, Joe Biden. Um, I don't believe that you can be a victim and a bully over the same incident. I just don't think that's possible. When you look at the definition of being a victim, a person who's harmed, injured, as a result of of something, an accident, a crime, or whatever it may be, an event, and then you look at what the definition of bullying is, which is you seek to harm and intimidate or coerce or harass someone. That doesn't make any sense. You can't be both over the same incident. Right. If you want to say somebody's a victim at, at one point and bullying at another, fine. But this victim bullying thing is not something that actually exists when you're talking about it in, uh, over the same thing. So I just think that that's absolutely ludicrous. I don't think that you can if you truly are looking at somebody and understanding what it means to be a victim and to be victimized. You can't turn around and call them a bully because then you're not understanding what it is to be a victim. You're not honoring the fact that they're a victim if then you're able to say that they're also harassing or intimidating someone. So this is the most ludicrous thing that I've that I've heard. Mm. Um all right, it's interesting to me for two reasons. One is because it it all it is is kind of about duty or what what you should do. It's like societal rules about what we should do, right? About what sure. we should do to make it easier to live with one another, right? And there is a because right now I'll say this and I'll say if you agree with this, we're increasingly becoming a society that's made up of, I would say, perpetrators and victims. It's becoming that binary. And what I mean by that is that, like, uh, 
people are reevaluating their world and in reevaluating their world, they're saying, okay, well, because of our heightened ability to research things, because of a heightened awareness, because of the influx of information that we have, we increasingly now, more than any other time, know who's responsible for fucking us over. It used to be that you had to get this information secondhand. It used to be that you had to uh, that you had to turn to your pastors or your community leaders to understand why dysfunction in society exists. Now you can really look it up, right? There are people all over that are that are writing about it, and you don't have to be in New York to read the New York Times. You don't have to be. You can like look at. You can look at the fact that minimum wage nationwide hasn't um, risen since 2012, but Bezos and Elon Musk and all of these people have seen their wealth multiply to untold amounts. And you can look at that for yourself and make a judgment call that that doesn't really work for society, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you'd say, hey, capitalism isn't working. There's a beneficiary of capitalism. And then there are victims of capitalism, right? And and I think because of that, people who, um, particularly people who in the past have been uh, perpetrators, or offenders or whatever um and this is not just people individually this this is whole swaths of people these are systems of people be it patriarchy be it racism be it uh, like gangster capitalism they're increasingly seeking to reinterpret and redefine what victim means to you what does victim mean not in the definition but like in the actual societal definition of victim what do you think of when you think of the term of victim oh you're asking me yeah i'm just like yeah i want to talk this out i mean when i think of somebody victim i think of somebody who's feels harmed right by a situation something something made them feel yeah like they were harmed does it matter what that is no so, in your opinion, all victims are made equal. No. Okay. So I'm asking, but, when I, I say, but see, but 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 here's my thing. Uh huh. From the outside, if you're asking me, I can't look at that in an object. Well, you're you're asking me more so to look at it. I feel like in an objective way, I can't say one victim, one person feels more of a victim than another because I'm not the victim. So right. I can't I can't say to what degree a person is victimized. That's right. up to that person who's experiencing that to be able to determine it. And then to be able to like communicate it with us so that we can try to empathize, right? Correct. Right. Okay. Um, which is what is which is what I'm getting at. Okay, so so the term victim and the way that it's used and the power that's given to the term is often meant to is often equated with some sort of weakness, right? You're a victim, you have a victim's mentality victimized victimness and even in the way he used it in that statement it sounds pejorative right it sounds like hey you're the victim so because of this boom 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 and we're talking about essentially what the responsibilities of victims are and that's a and that's not a conversation he was trying to have but i think it's a conversation that we're having trouble having in society right um because now people are saying hey one of candace owens's first things that she ever got popping for was looking at a bunch of kids that were bringing up the history of racial animus in America and saying, "Hey, you guys are victims, and you have a victim mentality, and because you don't, you have a victim mentality. These people on this stage are going to go further than you because they're not victims, right?" Basically, equating the fact that if you look at America and you've had a problem with the way America has treated black people traditionally, 
and you want to reconcile that or you want a reckoning for that, then you're opting into some type of victim mentality that makes you worse than people who have said, hey, let's just forget about it. And really, it's the people that let themselves get fucked over and then say, hey, let's forget about it, who are the real strong ones. And then the people who actually take the time to sit in what what happens to them uh, and are the ones that are fucked up. And that is something that is worth discussing because you can't subtract the strength from somebody because they've went through something. The people that started this country, everyone wants to revere them and say that they were like strong, ridiculously powerful, like intelligent God, demigods of men that, you know, the the Jeffersons and the the uh the Hamiltons and the Franklins and the Washingtons they were victims they started off as victims they started off as people who looked at themselves as victims of something and because they were victims of something they 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 reacted in kind and their version of a reaction was uh to become revolutionaries and to become revolutionaries and and strike out and start their own country and change the way the world looks uh, at freedom and change the way the world looks at democracy. Now, in doing that, they created their own victims, right? They created victims and people who they created two huge sets of victims. Number one was the the Native Americans and then number two were uh, Black Americans, really simultaneously, right? So you would be hard-pressed to look at Native Americans who still to this day have an issue with the United States of a government and say, hey, get over it. The United States of America and say, hey, get over it. You wouldn't do that. But there are people who think that we should. So what we have to legislate is like, what are the rights of someone that feels fucked up about something? In this case right here, I want want to play something and it's from the Red Pill podcast from I think 2017 or 2018. I had Evelyn Lozada it's from 2018. I had Evelyn Lozada on the podcast since we're talking about Evelyn, Evelyn Lozada and Chad Johnson. I had her on the podcast and she's been connected to a number of guys who were like famous or whatever, you know. And so I asked her if she got into a wreck and she had to call one of her exes. She had to have somebody that was coming if her car broke down and she had to depend on one of her exes to come and save her. Who would she choose? Listen to the listen to the clip. Your life is on the line. Which one do you have the most faith in? I know one that's definitely coming, but I don't know if that's the one you have. Chad. You calling Chad? Yeah, I've called Chad. That's what I was going to say. What does that tell you, Rachel? I mean, in that, with just that clip, it tells me that that's that's somebody that she can depend on. Yeah. It tells me that, that she, well, she said it. She has or maybe your question said it, that she has faith that he would be there for her no matter what. Right. It tells you that it's complicated. It's complicated. And it's made even more complicated by the fact that she actually loved him and believed in him. And at her most vulnerable, and at her most, her most vulnerable, at her most giving, at her most frail, um, the person that she trusted most hurt her in a way that she, that it would take a long, long time for her to reconcile, right? So while Chad might have apologized a million times, 
while Chad might have gone on and done all of these different things. Evelyn Lozada had to deal with the one, the fact that the one person who in the world who hurt, who she can depend on the most hurt her physically and made her feel unsafe in a way that eroded her trust in men, period, right? So the reality is there's an argument to be made there that without a lot of work being done by Chad Johnson or whomever, that she was victimized every time she saw him. And she was victimized in a way, like every time she saw him, she was victimized in thinking that another woman might be subject to that. Now, if the question then becomes, is that fair to Chad Johnson? Fair's out the window. (laughs) Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, like it, like fairs out the window. As men, we've all been in this fucked up place. I've never put my hands on a woman ever in my life, but I've betrayed women, and I have been a, like a scumbag to women, and I've done all kinds of things. And it's up to people to decide how and when they forgive. And I think it's part of the psychology right now, to be honest with you, of oppression and silencing to demand that victims respond a certain way lest they be called the aggressors like Mm. at one point could at what point could like congress apologize for slavery all right like there's affirmative action there's affirmative like at what point do black people at what point does any group that's been offended or 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 assailed by any other group at one point do they owe them grace i think that's a personal question i think it's a I don't think as a as a as a group you can say black people you know Congress the government whatever has done this much and now black people can give grace. I think that's subjective. I think that that that's to each individual person when they decide that they're ready to give grace or forgive or let go or feel like they're made whole from the very situation that's harmed them. That's tough. In particular with Joe Budden though, it's interesting because. You also have to look into the context of him using this term victim bullying or him saying, you know, that the victim has become the aggressor because it's personal to him. Right. Yeah, he he himself has been accused of domestic violence, physical and verbal. And so, of course, he sees it in a different way of man, this person on the side of Chad Johnson, who's like, this person has done this and done this and done this to rectify that situation or try to better himself or learn or whatever it may be. At one at what point is that enough? Because he's coming from the place of the perpetrator in this in this instance. So he's speaking of from that point of view where. And so I think when you're talking about everything that you're talking about, I think you also have to talk about it in the context of is that per- has that person been considered the victim or the perpetrator? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's the point of all of it, right? The point mm-hmm. of all of it is how do we get to a point because this gets started from the from the Tory Lane situation, right? Mm-hmm. So they're talking about the fact that Tory Lanez can't speak again. He says that you're going to sit down with Gail King while he can't speak. She's, he said, I don't necessarily love it. Meg Thee Stallion contends that Tory Lanez shot her. Right. What the fuck does she owe him? 
that's where he's like, coming from. It, like it, 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 he could, she contends that he shot her. Why in the fuck would she ever consider what he's going through if he put her from her contention and allegation through the scariest, worst night of her life? To me personally, this entire thing, like what Joe said and all of this shit, white man shit. It is because like white man shit. Don't understand how you could think like that. The reality of the situation is it's like. I look at it and I think to myself, well, like at some point, at some point in the situation with Evelyn, right? At some point, Evelyn was, wasn't supposed to, Evelyn was supposed to rise above the feeling that she felt, that she genuinely felt from seeing Chad move on from having assaulted her. I'm not here to throw a fire on Chad Johnson. I hope everybody is healed, right? I really right. have. But at the very least, right? If we're talking about what could happen, what do, what needs to happen, at the very least, she doesn't owe him anything. Nothing. At the very so that that's what should be that goes without saying, right? Now think about this in terms of like whatever. I think about sometimes when I when I when I hear people talk about, and I don't know, and I don't know what. Chad and Evelyn went through privately to try to sort this out. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they went through. I, I don't think that Joe knows either. I don't think that the day-to-day operate, he might, he might have access to Chad or he might, but he, he might be, he obviously doesn't have access to Evelyn because on Evelyn's side of it, she fucking, um, like she blasted him on, on the shade room. Right. So, if we're going to really talk about these things and talk about them in a way where both sides feel heard, right? Where both sides feel heard because there is a conversation of, okay, I fucked up now. Uh, like how many times do I have to say I'm sorry? The question is you only have to say you're sorry once, but just because you say you're sorry, it doesn't mean you didn't do what you did. It doesn't. Now, that's it. very it important, man. Like that, that's, that's very important. Hopefully, hopefully, God's grace shines on someone that allows you to move on with your life and happiness. They don't owe you anything. And they're not bullying you by continuously being triggered. Right now, to a lot of people, I'm the nigga from TMZ, right? It bothers me. I feel like I'm a lot more than that, right? I worked there for nine years. If if you are somebody who had a TMZ story impact your life in a negative way, and it there's a, we did a story one time at TMZ while I was there. And I say we, because even though I had nothing to do with the story, I was there. T.I.'s sister died. She passed away. The office put the cause of death. She's not a celebrity. The office put the cause of death. I'm going to talk about what the cause of death was. The, off, the office put the cause of death out in the story and then sent that story out. You know, Harvey wasn't there. It was a Charles call, right? If that person looks at TMZ and says, fuck TMZ forever and looks at me and says, fuck you forever because you were with them while it happened, I got to wear that. It's just, just it's an annoyance. It's something that I did. And as men, as men, to me, the weakest thing you can do is tell a woman that's been the victim of domestic violence that she owes something to her abuser. There's nothing weaker than that. Like nothing weak, like nothing weaker than that. Like the weakest thing you could do, like 
Look, we all been fucked up. Nobody is clean. Well, I guess there are some guys. Nobody is clean when it comes to dealing with women. And we've all run afoul. We've all been less than our best selves with the women in our lives. No, I'm not any better than anybody. What I'm saying is, God damn, man, we can't do it like this. Like if and especially coming from the situation to where one woman is claiming she was shot. Dude, like, look, if it turns out in some way that Meg is lying, then we have to talk about that down the line. But think about what we're talking about. We're talking about a fucking gun. Well, we got to pump the brakes here, bro. We do. Well, like, aren't you when I when I you I've, I've, I've spoken about how I feel about Joe Budden numerous times on this podcast. And I really do feel like, one, he is completely disrespectful to women, but particularly disrespectful to Black women. And he continues to do and say things that show that he doesn't give a fuck about them. And when I hear, hear his response and how- What are the things he, you feel like, what do you feel like those things are? I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. What do you mean? That he doesn't care? Well, yeah, one, there's me. the accusations that, that have already been on him from past girlfriends that have that have been with them, girlfriends uh-huh. and- Beyond, I, I don't know if he was engaged to uh, to hear you or not. Then we we talked about the issue on the podcast, or on well on this podcast about the podcast that he had with the three women and how well it was three and how disrespectful See, he was yeah. to one of them, and talking to her like she was nothing. And then she ended up leaving, and he mm-hmm. was still disrespectful, doubled down on that with her. And I think those the other two women are no longer under his network. If I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, they left. I did their podcast not too long ago. They, uh, they, okay. they did their own thing. Yeah, they left too. So he and and I and I'm sorry, I can't think of the the other situations. But we've talked about how he is a, a few times on this podcast, particularly mm-hmm. to women, black women. When I hear him speak in this way, and I hear him, it, I think what's frustrating to me is he is cultivating this this culture, this school of thought that empowers a Tory Lanez and him saying that he's a victim empowers people like Chad Johnson, who's not even, who's not even uh, saying that he should be, you know, any kind of way with this. His name is just getting thrown into this. He's empowering people to do or to think a certain way when it comes to victims. And I think that's what's so alarming. And it's, and it brings, shines a light on something that is wrong when we've talked about it with Tory Lane, when we've talked about how people have responded or sided with him or don't wanna believe Megan. Megan's going through this, but also having to defend herself. It's people like Joe Budden talking in this way that make her have to do that. And it gives people a scapegoat or a reason to, to blame a Megan to blame an Evelyn. And you brought up the Candace Owens thing, which I guess really makes it stand out because when we, we can all, most people agree that, black people agree, that Candace Owens is on the wrong side of things. But what she does is empowers white people to say, well, Candace Owens says this, so black people should be okay. That's all. That's what Joe Biden. Biden. I almost always want to say that. That's what Joe Budden is doing too. He's basically saying because Evelyn did this, because Megan did this, then we should also feel this way towards these men. These we should also feel sorry for them. These men are also being victims now because of this, and it's problematic. And he's not the only one who's doing it. He's the one who just has the microphone and is the loudest doing it right now. So. The allegations against Joe specifically, just so people who are listening to the podcast know, 
Tahiri Jose, who was with Joe for a long time. You might remember them on um, uh, Love and Love Hip Hop. They, they were together. She alleges domestic violence from Joe. Uh, Esther Baxter said that Joe actually... Um, uh, there's no other way to say this. Uh, caused the miscarriage of a child. Um, and due to physical abuse. Uh, there's actually a Breakfast Club clip, clip where Charlamagne asked him about the case. And he says that she says, you sat on my stomach. And Joe said, no, I didn't sit on her stomach. I sat below her breast, which everybody laughed at at the time. But uh, obviously it's all fucked up. Um, uh, and then you have another situation that was uh, an accusation from August 2014 that he beat and robbed an ex, stole her cell phone and choked her. We should say that the charges in that incident were dropped. That Joe, uh, in 2016, pled guilty to dis disorderly conduct, but charges of criminal criminal obstruction of breathing, robbery, and grand larceny were all dropped, according to the Daily News. So that, like in that case, the domestic violence charge uh, were dropped. And after the charges were dropped, he said, "Let this be a lesson to all. You got to watch these hoes. They'll catch you up if you let them." Um, I think it's an important moment for everyone that that's, that's, that's talking to it. Not like, not necessarily an important moment. Just when we think about like how we move forward and how we deal with one another, uh, because there's a different situation. I remember Michael Richards, when he got fucked up at the laugh factory, nigga, this nigga, that nigga, this nigga, that, right. He apologized profusely for that. He apologized profusely for, it. and there was a, there was a, there was a, um, uh, um, uh, a, a, a clip one time at TMZ of a photographer running up to him and saying, yo, can you apologize to the black community again? Right? And it was like six, seven years after it happened. And I felt like it was corny. I was like, that's corny. He's like, it, it, it just, it felt gratuitous. It felt gratuitous to seek him out and then ask him for another apology. That is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, do I still have the right to look at Michael Richards and think that he's a racist? Because he said on television, or like on, on recorded tape, that 50 years ago, the black guy in the audience would have been hanging from a tree with a fork stuck up his ass. You only get one of those with me, right? So whereas I don't wish him any harm, <laughs> I'm not fucking with him like I used to. That would be stupid on my part if you, if you ask me. So for Evan Lozada, in however long it takes her to heal from that, it's how long it takes her to heal from it. And that's a personal thing. And in all of these situations where we're talking about people like that are demanding better from people that they feel like have wronged them, why don't the people that are in the driver's seat here, why don't they concentrate on their lives and doing whatever they have to do first before you demand something from a victim, before you demand a sexual assault uh, survivor act a certain way, before you demand someone that was a victim of racism or sexism or homophobia act a certain way? Why don't you concentrate on how you're going to move forward in that? Concentrate on what you're going to do. Because in this situation right here, if in fact he did shoot her, and I'm being graceful right now. I believe in me. I, I believe Meg, right? But I'm waiting to. I'm like, I'm waiting to see, hear what happens in court because there's more information that come that's coming out. I'll be honest with you. I've read some stuff in the court transcripts, and to me, it doesn't really look good for him. But if in fact this happened, you guys, 
We're talking about someone who pulled out a gun and shot at a woman. I'm not trying to white knight this. I swear on my dad's soul. But come on, man. We got to be better than this. Got to be. Let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. Are you familiar with Kirk Cameron? Yeah, I liked Growing Pains. It's a good show. Kirk Cameron is really believes in Jesus a lot. That's his guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Good for nope. him. Nope. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being Kirk Cameron and the Jesus guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we'll tell you this. Kirk. Yeah, Kirk might be one of them ones. What's your feelings on Kirk? <laughs> what do you mean one of them ones? He might be one. of You know what I'm talking about. Might? Or just is? I can't tell because like. There's a, there's a, there's a, okay, so look, let's talk this out before we get into the homeschooling thing. There's a spectrum of toxic Christianity, you know? Okay. On one side of toxic Christianity, you have like the Westboro Baptist Church, right? Okay. And then on the other side of toxic Christianity, you have like Hillsong type niggas that you're not sure. Like, it's cool because you can listen to the songs, but you don't know. It's like. Why you got so many? You know, it's, it's like, are you you're trying to little? It's like there's two sides of the toxic Christianity, right? And it goes, and this is just a spectrum of to- not Christianity, period of toxic Christianity, and it starts with just people that you're not quite sure of, and then it ends in the Westboro Baptist Church. I feel like Kirk Cameron is definitely on that spectrum, but I don't know where. Where do you think he is? He's toxic. <laughs> And I'm trying to look, I'm trying to look through a list of the things he said, but a lot of his beliefs are archaic. Mm -hmm. They are not progressive. They are not fair. It's as far, and and, and like, obviously we're going to get into the topic today, but the first thing that comes to mind is the way that he believes a man and a woman should be. In regards to marriage, it's almost mm-hmm. as if it's the man is leading the house and it's as if the woman should be submissive and has no say, no rights, no nothing. And mm-hmm. to me, he seems to be one of those Christians who takes the scripture and uses it to his advantage, uses it to, I guess, push forward the beliefs that he wants rather than really just like being a good person 
and 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 doing things in a Christ-like manner. It seems to be self-serving in my opinion. And to me, that is toxic Christianity. Mm, interesting. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay, uh, so Kirk Cameron wants to take kids out of school. He's sick of school. Fuck school, that nigga said. He said fuck school, but not in the rap way. You know, because sometimes rappers say fuck school and not just not just rappers, but like music artists and people like that, like rebels. They say fuck school. And you'd be like, yeah, man, you know what? Fuck that institution that whatever, whatever. They say fuck school. Uh, like Walk Flock Flame said fuck school. But it didn't really bother me when he said it. But for some reason, it pisses me off that Kirk Cameron said it. Uh, I, I would like to play the audio from Kirk Cameron's situation. Wait, you want me to play the trailer audio or him play speaking the, on Twitter? Play the trailer. Okay. This cool. is the, so 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 this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna like let you guys hear this. Actually, Donnie, Kirk Cameron has a has a movie coming out. It's called I don't know Homeschool Awakening. It's That's a trailer. it. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> we would like to play audio from the trailer. All right, uh, it's about homeschool. We're gonna play the audio from the trailer. Then we're gonna talk a little bit. Then we're gonna play what Kirk Cameron has said about schools. We have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I don't really understand this idea that parents should decide what's being taught. Give me a break. (gasps) I always viewed homeschooling as somewhat of a cult. Quiet, reclusive. The different people. Abnormal in some way. I could never picture myself doing it. Oh no, those are weird. I'm not doing that. That was before we had kids. And then we had kids and... All of a sudden, time for school. And is this really what I should be doing? Dropping them off somewhere else. And the teacher said to me, he would not cheat off of you because you are too stupid for him to cheat off of you. My kid is not gonna have that experience. We didn't have to be a special needs teacher. We only had to be a a teacher of our daughter. The kingdom of heaven is qualifying you to speak into your children's life. I'm responsible for what we're putting into their head and into their heart. It changed everything. I think as a kid, you just wanna feel like you're worth it. And homeschooling says you're worth it. The freedom we had was so worth the small sacrifice it was to teach the kids. Now, 12 years later, I realize it wasn't a sacrifice. It was a total gift. You are in control. You get to choose curriculum. You get to choose methodology. It's yours to shape. You are the perfect person to teach them because you've been teaching your child since day one. She made sure I had everything I needed. I love her so much. No one's gonna love our children more than we do. The greatest gift that I was given was my own identity. My parents gave me that. Go in with an adventurous spirit. Break the mold. (laughs) It's really beautiful outside the box. It's such a great adventure. Outside the box? Isn't homeschooling like public school at home? Ha! Not even close. The greatest gift that I have is my own identity. My parents gave me that. All right, first of all, this is not dissing homeschooling at all. No, this is about Kirk. This is not dissing homeschooling. Okay, now play Kirk's sound um, from Twitter. Since the pandemic, we've been made grossly aware of the inaccurate and the immoral things that the public school system has been teaching our children and our grandchildren. And it's up to us as parents 
to cultivate the hearts and minds and souls of our children toward what is good, toward what is right, beautiful and true. And the public school system, unfortunately, has not been working with us, but actively working against us. In my opinion, the public school system has become public enemy number one. I think you need to see the movie because you may be wondering, what can I do about it? How can I be part of the solution? The Homeschool Awakening will give you answers. And I think America needs a film like this right now. We need to take back the education of our children because whoever controls the textbooks controls the future. Whoever's shaping the hearts and minds and souls of our children. All right, children, that's enough. Cut this nigga off. I'm over it. Um, <laughs> like, so Kirk Cameron is wrong. Okay. It, like parents should not be in control of what gets taught in school. Zero percent. <laughs> like like zero percent should parents be parents are in control of what's taught at home. But in school, we should get facts about things that have shaped society. Like, what if parents decide no algebra? Like it's weird. Like parents should not be in charge of what gets taught in schools. Now, if a parent feels like something's getting taught in school and, they don't, and, 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 and they're against it, they have a right to voice their opinion. And as a society, we make those decisions together like we do for every fucking other thing. I don't understand how this, like, like uh, the voting public makes the laws. We vote for legislation. We, we vote for people who then, who then enact these laws, right? Like we have, a, we have an active say in it, right? We have an active say in what happens there. But at the same time, like the kids that come up are subject to the laws that like we voted for, right? Like they are the kids have to understand, have to first understand the world as it is before they go out and change the world. And their parents should not be able to manicure the teachings of the school to fit whatever dogma that they have. It doesn't work but for that's society. It. But that's it. They don't want you to understand the world as it is. They want you to understand the world in a certain context. I know I went to one a school, not as bad as Kirk Cameron, but like that wants to teach it to you in a certain bubble. The key word in everything that he said right there was their souls. That ain't what school's about. But he wants it to be, <laughs> he says, what, what did he say they're teaching? Whatever he said, he said their souls. That right there lets you know he's on a completely different level. And he's thinking of it in a completely different way. And my thing is, just go do that somewhere else. You want to make a movie? Fine. Make a movie for the people who want to homeschool their kids. No, But this whole campaign that's public school is enemy number one? No, just go do that with your group of people who are like-minded and want schooling to be synonymous with souls. Go do that elsewhere. Right. You know what I'd be interested in? Hmm. I'd be interested in what would happen if Kirk Cameron made his own school. It's coming. Kirk I mean, Cameron ho school. homeschooling can be that way. Call homeschooling is fine. I know plenty of homeschool kids that no. were only slightly peculiar. So, no, like homeschool, like homeschooling can be. Yeah, homeschooling is fine. He could do Fucking that. Fucking Galico was homeschooled. Though. You know, it, like homeschooling is fine. It's just like this is not really about homeschooling. This is an attack on education in the country. This is the death rattle of a white supremacist ideology. I'm sorry, man. 
that doesn't like the fact that niggas are having their say. Once again, what do we talk about? We're talking about how much do the people that have been victimized, how much do they get to speak? How much do they get to speak? So in this situation, we're talking about CRT. Let's just talk about it. We're talking about CRT, right? So CRT is trying to unvictimize black Americans, right? It's trying to, to understand the society as shaped by the, 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 the ideals that victimize us, right? So then one day they're gone, right? But if you don't just say, fuck it, we're over it, even though the same shit is the, is the same way and we have to look at white supremacy every day, then you're somebody with the victim mentality or you're now, there's an, now education's being attacked. Like white supremacist structures are being attacked. Now there's an attack on them. Now they feel attacked. Now they feel bullied because we're saying, hey, we don't want to learn that shit anymore. Like we're triggered. We don't like it. It's nuts. It's nuts. And this is what, I'll be honest with you, places like Bill Maher that, that represent white grievance cultures, like Joe's podcast and what the fuck he was on and all of this stuff, man, relax, be better and do your best. Chad Johnson should not be, should not be, in my opinion, judged by that one mistake for the rest of his life, but she can. And it's not a fucking thing he can say about it. How do you get people like Kirk Cameron who really feel like they're doing the Lord's work and really feel like, well, I'm just doing this because I'm trying to protect, like you said, the souls of the future of our children and what you're teaching them, CRT, but he's also talking about the don't say gay bill. He's also talking don't say about, gay bill. Yeah, true. he's also he's true. talking about all of that. How do you get him to realize Wait, I just lost my train of thought. How do you get, oh no, how do you get him to see that the whole purpose behind you not wanting those things being taught is a form of oppression and it is a form of white supremacy? How do you link the two to get them to understand it? Because the way Kurt sees it is, you know, CRT is problematic. I don't, I, I, I can't even, I can't even understand why he, why, how he sees CRT is problematic. Uh, you know, we, I don't know if we're going to play the clip, but there is a podcast where he's interviewing somebody to talk about it. He doesn't explain what it means. And truly the person who's answering the question doesn't either. And they relate it to oppression. They, they use that word, I believe. And they also relate it to gender identity, which is what they feel is problematic which is what they feel hurts the souls of these children and, the, and their future and shapes the world and how they're going to think about things. How do you get somebody like that who's coming from this side, who truly feels like they're being influenced by God and his word to believe that what you're doing is a form of oppression? It's a fantastic question. I don't think that there's how do you an answer. Bring it, yeah, I, I, I just... To be honest, like, I, don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, well, the only reason I Kirk say Cameron. that is because when people... Yeah. A person like Kirk will say, no, this isn't, I'm not being a white supremacist, or this isn't a form of this. Those are people who wear, who cover their faces and wear white, white sheets and burn crosses. That's how they, they think of it as that extreme. And not the fact that there are forms of it in what you're doing by not allowing people to have a voice, to speak out, to, to be, for these children to be taught what happened to an oppressed group of people. That is a form of it as well. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember the uh, the clip with Lecrae? I don't mean to bring this back up, Lecrae, because Lecrae's a great guy. 
to where the pastor is oh, like, oh yeah, this is a bad one. Lecrae is a great guy. He's a great man. He's a great man. He's a great man. No, we like Lecrae, friend of the show. Yeah, like Lecrae's a great man. Um, but uh, and the pastor's talking about the fact that we should stop thinking about you know slavery like white privilege and we should call it white blessing. Like. So when someone has that type of situation, when someone believes in something like that, if you don't have to make a community with them, you don't. I'll just be honest with you. Like in some other situations that we've talked to today, we got to figure it out because this is how we're going to go back and forth with each other. We have to. But if you don't have to build a community with them, you don't. It's complete. Look, it's America. It's completely cool if you feel like school has gone too far. Let me homeschool my kids. I'll be honest with totally. you. Totally. There are other reasons that sometimes in, in schools, there are drugs in schools. Sometimes the schools in America can be violent. There are all kinds of reasons that parents from all over this country have decided to homeschool their children. I'll tell you something else about homeschooling. Homeschooling is a rich man's game. Okay. Because the reality of the Kirk Cameron situation is he's talking about rebelling against the school system. Well, the situation is there's privilege even in this discussion because not everybody can afford to stay at home all day and raise up their kids. Not everybody can even do that. So the question I would say to Kirk Cameron and to the rest of the people from Homeschool Awakening is, yeah, you're going to homeschool your kids. But how many kids are you willing to let come over to your house and teach them too? Right. Because there are a lot of people who rely on the school system to actually feed their kids, to actually teach their kids and at least keep their kids safe while they're there. So, you know, I didn't hear Kirk Cameron or any of these other people talking about how, how dangerous schools were when motherfuckers was running in schools and blowing people's fucking heads off. I didn't hear of a homeschool awakening then. All I heard about was give everybody a motherfucking gun. I didn't hear about it then when people were running into schools, capping people. Not when, it's still fucking happening. I didn't hear about a homeschool awakening then. But it like, but put some CRT into a school. Try to talk about like expanding conversations around gay and lesbian Americans and transgender Americans into a school. And that'll get them to actually keep their kids at home. But they don't want to go against their 2A friends like, and have a conversation about people going to fucking Walmart, buying, a, uh, buying an AR-15, and then walking point. onto a campus and fucking killing 13 people. They don't want to have that talk. That's not enough to make you think, hey, we should take kids out of schools, right? But like talking about what black people are going through in America or what homosexual people are going through in America, that's enough to make you do it. I don't know. And maybe that's, the answer. maybe that's the answer to my question. Because you're showing them the difference in the fact that that doesn't threaten your identity. That doesn't threaten, or and I use the th- word threaten because that's what they would say. That doesn't, uh, not attack, but that doesn't speak to what white people did. That doesn't, it's, and that might be the comparison if they were open to see it. There's the difference between the two. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, 
all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, now we turn our attention to Long Beach where some heavy black dick has gotten one of our sisters fired. All right, there's a lady, and I, I saw this, this, this pass by my Twitter. Um, at Keating's Sith tweeted, and there's also been another development in this situation, I should say. Oh, okay. Something different, and I, we, we can talk about this because um, uh, it actually probably... Uh, relates back to chilling some stuff we talked earlier so this lady's name is jade um at keating sith she uh she got fired because she tweeted the following tweet finally celebrated black history month the right way by getting your back broke like a glow stick (laughs) Finally celebrated Black History Month the right way by getting your black bro your back back broke. Get it, get it to do you want me to read it? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Let me read it. So funny. (laughs) Okay. Hold please. Oh wait, my phone just died. All right. Donnie. Oh, make Donnie read it. Make Donnie read it. Donnie, you read the tweet. Nah, I read it. You you got it. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Seriously, bro. You can't just, you have to read the tweet, bro. I got it. I got it. Finally celebrated Black History Month the right way by getting your black back. Hold on. By getting your black back like a broken, like a glow stick by some heavy black dick. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So this lady's name uh, on Twitter is Gitter Jade Keating Sith on Twitter. She describes herself as a black womanist. She's featuring in Vice. She's got a backup. She, her. Um, and they fired her from the Long Beach Unified School District. The letter states, it was brought to our attention that you posted on TikTok. It was on TikTok, actually. That you finally celebrated Black History Month the right way, blah, blah, blah. This post was viewed by parents who complained to the district's HR department. Before we get into the small uh, controversy that this lady finds herself in now, um, this is kind of what I'm talking about. 
This is kind of what I'm talking about right here. On this very podcast, on this very podcast right now, I have said things and the prudes have won. The prudes, the prudes have jumped on this podcast and they've got, they've clutched pearls, not gotten pearl necklaces, but clutched pearls and they've jumped all over things and Van is this, Van is disgusting, Van is that. And of course, for my audience, I've toned it down. You don't want to be that guy. But this is a lady on her thing talking about what she likes. The parents complain. If you're a parent, why would you complain about what she said on her TikTok about how she wanted to celebrate Black History Month with some heavy black dick? I don't understand the point. What's the deal? Here's my question. Yes. This was viewed by parents who complain. Who do you think brought it to the parents' attention? She's a teacher. She's a substitute teacher. They don't know her. Uh-huh. Who do you think brought it to the parents' attention? Kids. So? So what? So what? Approved. She got to go. <laughs> She's got to go. What? Are First you- of all, you're lying. You're joking right now. You, you, Rachel, you cannot be serious joking. right now. I'm not what joking. the got to go. fuck is going we have on said, here? We have said, call me, call me Kirk Cameron, homeschool away. Yeah, kid. you're Kirk <laughs> Cameron. Like, what, what the hell? Are you being serious? Let me tell you. Yes, let me tell you. We have talked about on this podcast before, I believe, where you can, you we have, literally last week, you have freedom of speech to say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that you're free from consequence. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If would it made a difference if she was white and said this? No. Would it have made a difference for you? Why? So anybody? No, of course not. This? No. Yeah. What difference is? Who I'm cares? celebrating. Is it funny? Yes. If my child is showing me this. I'm gonna be like, I'll probably be like, can you get her to take it down? And just and just tell her not to do it again. That's first probably of all, that's honestly probably what I would first do. First of all, these I don't kids want my child, I don't I don't want my child. These they might kids be. don't have no be. business on her fucking TikTok unless she gave her TikTok to them. First of all, we're assuming that the kids are the ones who saw this, right? Because there could be another situation. This is an attractive black lady. There could be some horny dads or there could be some horny people in the in the school that she's we don't know how how people saw this. It could be kids. And even if it is the kids, this is her TikTok. This is then make it it private. Why would she have to make her TikTok private? If you if you're gonna be talking like this and you know that it could be potentially like and you know that I think anyone, anybody in corporate, if she was in corporate America and wrote this, it would probably be a problem anywhere. But the fact that it, that's not even kids, I guarantee you it would be a problem. Like to clients, and this and this is how you're talking, it would be a problem. I, nobody's telling you you can't talk like this. Make it private. I, I don't do go under a, an anonymous name. I just, whatever Rach, you need Rach, to do. I'm sorry, no. She's got to either be reprimanded week. or go. People tell me all the time, like not all the time. I've read it Some on, heavy I've read it on black the Reddit. Dick. Heavy black dick. That's what she wants. I've read it on the Reddit before that people think that I have some kind of, that I 
that I have some kind of weird relationship with sex. I don't think it's me. I really do. This is not a big deal. Heavy black dick. What? Okay, tell me why. Tell me. Wh- okay, let me ask you a question. Because I haven't asked the question. I've spent so much time clutching my own pearls that I haven't <laughs> asked you. I haven't asked you. Why isn't this okay? Forget about the, whether or not it's whether or not she should be fired. Why would you want her to take it down? Why? There would be an uh, there would be a number of outside factors that I would need to know. Like what? No, no, it doesn't matter. I was going to say what grade she's teaching. It really doesn't. I just feel like I'm going to sound like a prude, and it is. I'm sorry. I just feel like as a teacher, as a when when I was coming up in college, and social media was getting started. It was clear your social media because it can be if someone could look at, they, they scan your social media to see messages that, you know, tweets, statuses, whatever was going on, pictures you posted to make sure that they understand the type of person, I guess, that they're going to employ. They want to get to know who you are. Right. That same thing goes for the leaders, the ones with authority, mm-hmm. the ones who are making this, like, it's the same the same school of thought applies. I just if you do this and you like some heavy black dick, good for you. If you got your back broke over it, great. But why do you feel like you need to express your sexual activity and tie it to black history, ma? So my so my students can see this. I just or my child, okay. my child okay. could see this. Okay. I just feel the like- The child can see everything. Your child's on the internet. I, I get you. I just feel like you have to be setting some sort of example. And there were a number of ways she could have gone about this. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Is this is this value judgment that we're making right here? Is this across the board? So let's say that she would have tweeted, I'm over white people today uh, after the-, the, the, the uh, And she's got the white students? And she's got white students. You, you support that as well. Or let's say I, she, well, let's, 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 my, let, let's like, if, if this would have been a political statement more in line with one of your political beliefs and not necessarily something that had, that was sexual, would you support the school board getting rid of her in that case too? Well, let's, let's, she was a substitute teacher. And so I feel like, and I'm not, I was a substitute teacher. So I'm by no means, I just feel like it was easier for them to let go of a substitute teacher. Just be like, we're not going to have you than it was an actually employed teacher. I think right. that's, that's one thing, but my initial reaction was she got to go, but then I said she should be reprimanded and told why this is wrong, and maybe like say the school does it or the school district doesn't stand behind this type, or just said you can't speak, give a warning, you can't speak that way from your personal account. I would mm-hmm. say this that that's really my real reaction, and I would say the same thing if she said that I'm over white people today after George Floyd. You have white students. That's not the way to have this type of conversation. If okay. you, you're more than welcome to to talk about this, but you don't need to. Tell your let your white students know you're over them. That's not going to bring them into this conversation. Okay, well, you know, I couldn't give a fuck less about that. But it, let, let's let, let's say, but uh, your point is well taken, though. Let, but let's say, so what is the line of what she as a teacher is allowed to express, and what she sh- what what is fireable or reprimandable that she shouldn't be expressing? I guess that's what I'm asking. Well, in this day and age, social media is everywhere. This ain't the beginning of social media where we're still trying to figure out certain things in regards to at this point there should be some policy in place that addresses social media behavior of substitute teachers and full-time teachers there should just be something i don't know if there is one with this i'm asking you personally though what 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 do you feel like the line is 
of what she should be able to express a personal opinion about something that she should be able to press on her social media that is within bounds. Like I think something- it's, if it's if it's your sexual activity, discrimination, if it's racist, if it's if I don't know, I guess you can't really talk politics in school, so I'll say political. Those things should not be discussed. Wow. On your public social media. Teachers get fucked too. It's just I didn't a say weird they don't. thing. It's the same it's thing like a, that, that a, people get onto you. So do our parents. I don't want to fucking talk about it. That's fine. I'm not going to go back to that. You guys decided. You put your foots down. All of you guys uh, are thought warriors, prude warriors. You guys win. But like, I, can I, I just I, like, give like, an like, 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 What if it said, I finally celebrated Black History Month the right way? I had a very, I had a nice date. You know, I went out to dinner. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, wait, wait, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Let me look at the tweet. Finally celebrated Black History Month the right way. I went to dinner, um, had a romantic evening, and then, you know, made love to the to my to my beautiful black man or, you know, like had an intimate night with my beautiful black man. I don't think that it would have been the same reaction. Why does she because have this to- is vulgar? Why this does she vulgar. have to talk? Who decides what's vulgar? Like, why Heavy does black dick? <laughs> Donnie, please clip that. Wait, whoa, Donnie, I need that. I just need that right there. I need Donnie. Is okay first. Rich has got to say. I'm gonna get fired. I'm gonna get fired from extra. Donnie, please clip that. Clip that and just put that on social. If we want to, we trying to grow this fucking thing. No, put, put that, on, put, put put that on, on social. social. But 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 be like, what do you think she said? What does she think she said? <laughs> um, so I, look, we disagree. Agree to disagree. I understand your perspective. Look, per, for me personally, if she would have been in the classroom and she would have said, "Hey guys, guess what happened to uh, Mrs. Whatever? I went and got some heavy black dick." And blah, 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 blah. That would be one thing. That's not what she said it. She said it on her TikTok. She said it on her TikTok. To me, these parents need to get some TikTok. business. They're like, these parents need to get some business. These parents need to get some business. This is kind of like firing somebody for being at the women's march or firing somebody. Like all of these things. This is no. such, this is subject to such interpretation. This is subject to such interpretation that I think is a dangerous road to go down. I really Real do. Quick. I'm serious. Real quick, Donnie and Trudy, where do you stand on this? I'm very curious. Do you think it was? Do you think it was too much? It's crossing the line. I think it's it's vulgar, like you said. Like, <laughs> okay, it doesn't have to be as worded like you did before with the make love. It doesn't have to be like cheesy, <laughs> but heavy <gasps> black dick. That's that's crossing the line. I think. Okay. I, I, because right. I see it. I see it. I see the heavy. I'm in huh? Venus camp. They should have minded their business and stayed off her TikTok. Like, yeah, like she's talking about. She can be whatever she wants. Yeah. She can be sex positive. She can talk about her sexual experiences. These hangups and these fucking things over she sex, can. you guys. We gotta get rid of this. We gotta rid ourselves of this. I gotta say something else. She's getting killed right now on Twitter, um, because. And I want to talk about this delicately because I don't want to add to any, but we can't tell the story without mentioning what's happening right now. Um, what's happening? Because somebody's going to bring it up in, in our Reddit. Anyway, okay. So um, apparently this sister, according to her, um, in the past had been uh, harassed and I think assaulted in a bar mm. or something like that happened to her. Mm. And she 
either discussed it or talked about it on Twitter. Anyway, it ended up, and I asked her to come on the podcast, but I didn't get a response. So, uh, but it wasn't about this; it was about something else. It ended up, and I want to talk about this. It ended up leading whatever happened to her, and she's talked about it, and she's taking taking accountability for what she said. This tweet right here is fucked up, but she tweeted this uh, as a result to some of the discussion online around what she talked about. She said, after thousands and thousands of comments from Nick Sales objectifying and villainizing me, I've come to the conclusion that I no longer have the capacity to have empathy for cis straight black men. Good luck on your endeavors as bullet bags. So it's a tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Now, you know, what's interesting. Her job didn't reprimand her for that. Well, she's already. Does she have a job still? Didn't she get uh, let go from the school district? Who that's got before. This is before. This is an old one. Well, maybe so, they didn't go. Maybe they didn't go back and see. Maybe they didn't know that. My, maybe they didn't see it, right? Because maybe the, they didn't see it. So yeah. here's the deal. My thing is this. So but she's apologized. Should. She's apologized Jeez. for that tweet, right? She's apologized for that tweet. And if you look at it, look at it right now, she's apologized for that tweet. Her last couple of tweets on this issue. And I'll say something right now. We're bringing this up because it's pertinent to the story. I am not in any way in any way endorsing anyone to go and 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 continue to pile on this this sister you never have to be okay we talked about this earlier you never have to be okay with her being that she said this you don't have to accept her apology but i'm not telling you to go to uh twitter and harass her and do whatever i'm not telling you to do any of that but if she pops up and you feel like you can't forgive her for that that's on you but what i'm saying is this i'm saying and that, I think it's interesting in that situation, and maybe this is before she was working with them in anything or or something like that, that they didn't fire her because of that. That wasn't a fireable offense, that nobody took the time to see that or whatever. But when it comes to sex, I'm telling you, there's a sex violence thing that exists too. A lot of these kids that are talking about they can't take a teacher talking about heavy black dick are blowing each other's fucking heads off on Call of Duty all night long. And everybody's okay with it. They're playing Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, blowing up whole police substations with bazookas, and everyone's cool. But she talks about heavy black dick, and we gotta save the children. It's weird. I'm just saying. I don't think saying. that's all that. I don't think that's the same. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean the Call of Duty because it's like the context of it, right? Like I'm not saying that that's okay, but I'm saying that they're doing it. You don't know how much they're doing it in the privacy. We're talking about private versus public too at the same time. Just like you're just talking about what the kids her. are exposed to. Public, privately, or and publicly. Okay, like wow. I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not agreeing with Call of Duty and all of that. I'm just saying I don't know what they're doing behind. I don't know what they're doing behind closed doors versus what was done in public. Just like we don't know what she's doing behind closed doors, but she decided to put this one in an open door. Oh my God. Rachel, oh Jesus Christ! First of all, what size bed is that behind you? I don't know, King. What looks like a queen? I'm not gonna lie. You're in the hotel room. It's not the whole bed. Looks like you got a queen bed. Nah, that looks like a queen. Well, who cares? I'm small. That's a Freddie Mercury bed that they got you. You need to talk to your people, man. You they got you a Freddie Mercury bed. I don't fuck with the Freddie Mercury beds. I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm pretty sure it's a king, but I'm out here on Paramount Pluses. <laughs> or power mount, whoever, oh, whoever, whoever's behind them. Oh, four hours ago, Las Vegas Review Journal. <clears throat> Elusive Mountain Lion 
slips through police dragnet in Las Vegas. <laughs> Whoa, a large mountain lion that roamed a Las Vegas neighborhood near two schools escaped a law enforcement dragnet that was aimed at cap- capturing the big cat. Las Vegas policeman spoke Las Vegas police spokesman Michelle Para said officers received reports of the mountain lion in the 6200 block of Fairbanks Road near Jones Boulevard and West Flamingo and other team. We're assisting the Nevada Department of Wildlife reference a mountain lion. Does someone send this to you? Yep. <laughs> we're on we're Mountain Lion Watch. You guys are so... I, I'll be honest with you. I'm wrong sometimes. It happens. I've never been more right about Mountain Lion. I've never been more right in my life. Mountain Lion everywhere. He's coming, for think, his, he's coming for what he gets. Mountain Lion. I don't think we're saying you're wrong for that. It's just the, you're, you're, you're scaring me. That's really <laughs> what it comes down to. You are. I rarely go hiking. And if I do, I have anxiety now, yeah, which well. is supposed to be peaceful for me. All right. Uh, real quick, play the Van Jones audio. Reality for black folks hasn't improved. In fact, you know, because of inflation and other things, gotten worse. And so you're starting to see that disappointment factor set in. Do you think it will change the voting patterns? Well, listen, I think I think that it may well. Also, don't forget, you have had a concerted effort on the part of conservatives to recast the Republican Party as the party of the multiracial working class. Um, it's Van Jones. He said that uh, the day-to-day for ra- reality for black po- folks hasn't improved under Biden. As a matter of fact, he says it's gotten worse. Uh, the White House has refuted this. White House Chief of Staff, Chief of Staff Ronald Klein, tweeted some stats about the president's, President Biden's changes. Close the vax equity gap. COVID deaths down 90%. Record job creation. Unemployment rate down to 3.6. Record small business creation, including record starts by black and Hispanic founders. Most diverse cabinet in history. And of course, as I predicted, feather in his cap, First black woman on the Supreme Court of the United States, which infects the day to day life of black people. Absolutely zero percent. Um, sorry, it's love. So you you agree with Van Jones? I don't see how you can't. Now, if it, 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 it now, I'm not sure. How about this? I don't see how you can't agree with them. Do you agree with them? It's not. It's not that. It's that. You know, Sonny Hostin said it best. Black people don't trust you. And I think I mean, she did. She said it. She said so it's it. about Van Jones, not about the information. About Van Jones. She said black people don't trust Van Jones. And the reason she said that is because he was known to be working with the Trump administration. Yes. And. He has been outspoken a few times about the things that Trump is doing for the black community or what he's trying to do. And I think when you take that and then you're like, you hear him say, well, Biden's not doing anything for the day to day for black people. That's what stood out to me the most with this comment. He may not be doing something day to day, but was Trump doing something for day to day like that? And if it it, it just seemed he was more positive 
about what the Trump administration was doing versus what the Biden administration is doing. And he used, and I, and I have, and I don't have the right quote, but the way that he was talking about it is if basically black people are disappointed because they had high expectations for the Biden administration, that they were going to do something for the black community, especially because they helped him secure the vote. And with Trump, people had no expectations. So anything he did, this is, this is almost as if what he was saying. So because there was no expectations for Trump, anything he did was great. And I don't think that that's the way that things should be compared. Just because you have high expectations doesn't mean that you should be praising one because the, the bar is so low versus the bar being high for a different administration. Do you know what I mean? I just did that. That's what stood out to me when he said this. I couldn't even get to the whole, oh, well, this is what Biden administration is saying they are doing on a day to day basis for black people. I was just more bothered by the fact that here he is outwardly criticizing the Biden administration when he seemed to be publicly praising the Trump administration. So this is the one thing if I was going to if I were if I were going to pick uh, something to take issue with as far as this relates to van jones is that the day-to-day -day reality is is one thing and so let me put you like this i think it's hard to it's hard to dismiss what he's saying as 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 truth um as as being untrue should i said it's hard to untrue, dismiss that yeah. mm -hmm. as being as being untrue i guess my question would be has there been a president that's affected our day-to-day -day reality uh perhaps the in, in terms of Barack Obama, his re, him revitalizing the economy, uh, that actually helps, you know, in terms of rising tide lifts all boats. Unemployment, being unemployment affects us sort of uh, disproportionately, blah, blah, blah. So you could you could argue that, right? You could argue the Civil Rights Act did. You could argue, well, of course. So that's something that, that, that's something that, that's actually a good point. Like the Civil Rights Act is something that, you know, Voting Rights Act; those are things that 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 directly affect the lives of Black Americans. Um, I guess if I wanted to look at the other side of it, the day of the reality for a lot of Black Americans might have just been changed because Donald Trump is no longer the president. And I think that there was a psychological weight lifted more than anything uh, off the backs of a lot of black people, not all black people, but a lot of black people by not having to continuously be triggered by president Trump, by his antics and by the, uh, segment of the population that he was whipping up into a frenzy. Not to, not to say that those people have necessarily gone anywhere, but they're certainly a lot quieter than they were when he was in office. Right. Um, even though we still have to deal with the kooks and the Marjorie Taylor green types and all of that stuff like that. But, uh, but, if I was going to talk about just maybe like from an emotional standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, you could argue that Trump not being around is a lot different. A lot of these other things are facts and figures and, you know, inflation kind of kind of kind of plays into that. I think the issue that people took is your issue and it's the why, you know, because the why here matters. If this is said as a rallying cry to the Biden administration to push forward on things such as voting rights um, and uh, uh, George Floyd poli policing, policing mm -hmm. and, you know, even Justice parts of, Excuse you know, build that better or whatever. If that is something for them, that's one thing. But to point out that, you know, a president changed and life didn't get better for black people is a, uh, 
have to have a point. And I think the point, if Van Jones's point is that, and the point matters here. If Van Jones's point is that the Biden administration need to get needs to get off their asses, then that's something that I wholeheartedly agree with. If the point is that we're think that in some way having Donald Trump back wouldn't be so bad, I completely fucking disagree. I think having Donald Trump back is not just bad for black people; it's bad for the country, it's destabilizing for the world. So. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I can't disagree with what he said because I, I don't think there's a real, a real way to disagree with what he said. Those numbers coming from the from the White House are, are promising, but you know, a lot of those things don't have to do with the day to day lives of Black Americans. They have to do. I mean, unemployment does, but um, you know what? I guess the vac the the vac the vaccine equity gap does too. But the reality of that is, we've had trouble convincing large portions of black Americans to get vaccinated. So I don't know. It, don't it's know. not that they, they don't, they do impact it. It's just that there are bigger things on the table that haven't been dealt with. And that's what we can't get past. Um, Van's very serious question of the week. You ready for it? Pete Davidson got Kim Kardashian and all of Kanye West's kids. I don't know why I said that. Kim Kardashian's kids <laughs> tattooed on his neck. Is the Pete Davidson, Kim, North, Saint, all of that tattoo, is that too far? Yes. Period. Mm-hmm. Y'all been, I mean, that y'all are girlfriend and boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Very recent. They're right. not your kids. There's obviously controversy surrounding your involvement or being tied to the family with the father of them. And to me, you seem to be antagonizing him by tattooing their initials on your neck. For what? For why? It's too much. And and the fact that, and, and like, if you wanted to do it because it really meant something to you, then why didn't you put it in a place that's not net where every single person can see it? To me, it's like there there seems to be some type of uh, I want p- the attention with it as well. I just the whole thing is weird to me. You're not fucking with no, that. No, I'm not at all. So he better come up with another acronym for it. Do you think that Kanye West has been right about Pete Davidson this whole time? I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I said that you get one serious question and I answered it. It's too much. It's too much. That's enough. All right. You guys. As you would say, the why matters here. The why Why? matters. Why why matters. I was as diplomatic with Van Jones as I could be. uh, But the reality of the situation is he didn't say anything that was wrong. I'm sorry. He he didn't lie. He didn't lie. It's how he said it. Gotcha. And I don't mean the way. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Okay. First of all, before we leave, you guys. Everybody email Paramount Plus. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a queen bed. We I'm can't not, I think, have I Rachel think it's just the way that it looks. In Freddie Mercury beds, that bed is like. Doom, doom, it's not. Doom, it's doom, look. It's doom, the angle. It really is a king. <laughs> that blood. That's a queen bed. I don't even think they make queen. It's either you get a king or you they get two They definitely have queens. They. Definitely two have queens, queens or a king. That I don't think I'm wrong about this. Also, it's either a king fat or bottom, two queens. That that bed is we are champions. Fat bottom so, girls, you, you make like the rocket. I love queen. 
you love Queen. I love Queen too. One of the greatest bands. Okay, take the caps off, but do not stop learning. Till next time, I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. We out. Bye guys.